There's a chance your local Geico agent has the same hyper-specific taste in music as you. Yeah, I can't get enough of neo-operatic breakbeat. Do you listen to Kale Bent and the Lettuce Works? Only every day. But there's a better chance your local GEICO agent could help you out with insurance. They'll work hard to provide sound advice and significant savings. You don't need a hip, underground music scene to do that. Local GEICO agents. Call or visit yours today. Feral Audio. Welcome to This Feels Terrible. I'm your host, Erin McGathy. Thank you for joining me for another episode about the intricacies of love, heartache, dating, etc. Uh, I just got back to Dublin from my month in the Edinburgh Fringe bubble. I hope that wherever you are, this podcast is a small bit of escape from um, what's happening in the world. Um, yeah. I, you know, everything is just so sad and uh, frustrating. And I don't know, you don't listen to this podcast to hear me addressing those things. And uh, okay, I'm, I want to, what I can do is uh, thank, thank you. Thank you for listening. And um, thank you so much specifically to all of the beautiful listeners who came and saw Murder Town at the Edinburgh Fringe. There was at least one of you at every show, and it was so nice meeting all of you. And I'm so impressed by how creative and compassionate and um, well-dressed all of you are. Uh, That's a specific thing. I, um, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who came to that show. It is the hugest compliment ever. And you guys are truly the coolest. Uh, speaking of shows, if you are in Ireland or going to be in Ireland in September, you can see Murder Town, uh, two different places. You can see it at the Dublin Fringe Festival, September 12th to the 16th, right in Temple Bar. We'll get a pint afterwards. It's going to be class. Uh, Do you like how I did that, Irish people? Or do you resent it? I don't know. Um, I'm also doing Murder Town at the Quirk Comedy Festival on September 23rd. If you are in the South or, I mean, you can see it in both places. It's going to be it's going to be fun both times. And the show is slightly different every time. If you've already seen it, Um, it is slightly different every time. Also, uh, This Feels Terrible is going to be at the Dublin Podcast Festival. That's exciting. Um, Right in Workman's. uh, Also uh, by Temple Bar on the Keys. The Great Place Workman's on Tuesday, September 26th. Uh, Get your tickets now. I'm also going to be I'm working on some really cool merch and um, zines and stuff for these shows. So if you're into that, I highly recommend coming because it's going to be it's going to be cool and we can hang afterwards. Okay. This week on the podcast, I have comedian and writer Mindy Raff. Mindy and I met at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival where she was doing her hit show, Keeping My Kidneys, which is about her journey with polyamory, bisexuality, and her relationship with her mom. I saw it and it was great. And she has an up and coming po- an upcoming podcast called Polyamory and a Pint. And so we recorded this chat a few days ago, the idea being that the conversation could be used on either podcast, but I truly took over her hosting duties 
Uh, I think because because we were using my microphone and that just happened naturally. Also, I had a lot of questions about uh, polyamory. We recorded this on Church Street in Edinburgh and we talked about the festival and polyamory. And I think this chat is a really good entree into the world of polyamory, which I have a limited understanding of. And I'm, I'm curious about and I love hearing about different people's approaches to relationships, because even if you're not polyamorous, everyone has a different way of doing relationships. And I don't think that there is any right way. Um, I will say that I think there are some wrong ways. Mm. How about that? Intriguing. I'll address that on another episode, I guess. Um, of course, I'm just talking about murder, murder, murder relationships. Uh, anyway, Mindy was very gracious to answer a lot of my questions about what it's like to be engaged and in a polyamorous relationship. And I learned what a metamor is, which is very exciting. Also, I was almost stung by a bee while we were talking. Um, I was wearing these tights and this bee landed on my leg. And usually I wouldn't I wouldn't freak out um, because I because I, uh, I I love and appreciate bees. I don't want to be stung, but I'm not I'm not somebody who like swats at bees or, or you know, is is usually afraid of bees. But the bee got stuck in my tights and then I, the bee started to get afraid and then started trying to sting. It, 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 he moved his 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 behind in a stinging motion. And uh, so you hear that on the podcast. So that's. That's what's happening. Um, also, uh, you'll hear at the end of the podcast because I leave every I, I left everything in. You hear at the end of the podcast uh, say that we're going to do a part two, and I wanted to do that before we left the festival, but we weren't able to make it happen. So hopefully, uh, next time I'm in New York, we will record a part two. And uh, yeah, I think we will. I think we'll record a part two someday. Um, but in the meantime, please enjoy this unedited conversation with Mindy Raff. We're sitting on uh, Castle Street, which is looking upon the castle. Isn't it funny to see like a giant castle on a hill every day? You know, I've been here for 26 days and I just realized that's why this is called Castle Street. <laughs> Yay. And I've looked at the castle every day. Yeah, I didn't realize this was called Castle Street until I just looked at the <laughs> looked at the sign. And you were here last year. I know. I um, know. Who's, yeah, we're in both, both of our podcasts on Castle Street on a stoop. Yes. It's a new podcast Stoopcast. called Two Comics on a Stoop. <laughs> Speaking of titles. Yeah. It's terrible. You're from New York. Did you have a stoop growing up? <laughs> Let's just make this about stoops. Um, I grew up in Michigan, actually, but okay. I've been in New York for a while. But I have right, yet I to have an apartment show. with a stoop. Mm, that's a dream. When I was a kid watching Sesame Street, I was just like, ah, that'd be so great to have a stoop. And then like your friends walk by and then you just have chats on the stoop. Yeah, yeah. I grew up with like a, a driveway. Which, <laughs> like a flat stoop. Like a... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. a pavement stoop, uh, which is a lovely, it was lovely. Uh, Your driveway? My driveway was, it was like people gathered, they would come really? sit on our, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I must be, what kind of driveway was it? It was, was a it circular special? driveway. Oh, oh, la di da I mean, no, I it see. wasn't like a castle. <laughs> What's the name of that fancy island in Michigan? 
<laughs> I used to I used to nanny for this family, and they were from Michigan. Okay, uh, and they were they were also Jewish, and okay. they would they would vacation. Oh, the Jewish on, island. <laughs> yeah, the they would vacation on. That was my understanding of it. That was this like great An island. Island. I feel like the worst Michigander. And if anyone's listening to this, I don't know. Michigan, yeah, some, like the Cape Cod of Michigan vibe, but not. Cape Cod. Belle Isle? No, no. I don't know. I know up like north, like Traverse City and... Yeah, I would remember the name of it. But I, I just name know all the wealthy go. areas in Michigan that I've like bought nice yeah. ice cream in. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the town that they're from, but this is in Los Angeles. It's an optometrist and a casting director. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Shut up. Not my family. <laughs> <laughs> Was your family's... What were, you, what were they doing in Michigan? They they were chilling. No, my grandparents came to Detroit. Uh, my grand, my grandfather ran a business in Detroit, and then my family lives in Oak Park and Royal Oak, and then moved uh, moved from there. And my dad is a retired math teacher. Oh, that's so, yeah. cool. Yeah, it was. I, <laughs> yeah. I disappointed him over and over again with my lack of math. Yes. Really? Uh, I know. I hate to be a stereotypical Barbie gendered girl. It's like, math is hard. <laughs> I'm just so, I'm like uh, shite with numbers. <laughs> How do you feel about people calling math maths here? Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't like when you plural something. I'm not used to mm. adding the S. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, the point is, I had a circular drive, and right, right, and people would hang out on your. Drive. Was there like a garden in the middle of the circle? Yeah, like you know, it wasn't. <laughs> I'm imagining you living in a gigantic mansion. It was like the secret garden. Wow. <laughs> no, it was just a like dream. a regular house with like a, but the driveway happened to be like a U, and then in the center okay. was like a little bit of grass, so people would just right. with the sprinklers. Okay. Okay. So you people Slip would just. Slide? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slip and slide crocodile mile time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a great, actually. It was a little hill. Like, a, not good. a giant castle hill, but like a little... Right, right. <laughs> like, enough to slip <laughs> and slide on a July afternoon. Hey. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Where are you from, L.A.? Uh, my dad, no, grew up all over. My dad was in the military, so oh. kind of lived all over. But mo- mostly California. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're doing a show. Your show is about. We were just talking about your show in the title. Of your we just show. saw each other's show. We're at the Fringe. We just saw each other's shows. We're in the same venue. Yeah, in the they're same both theater. about polyamory. <laughs> Mine's about murder and just, polyamory. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's just about murder. And Mine's. then, but what you don't know, I don't say this in the show, but all the characters are actually polyamorous. <laughs> I don't. That's like a hidden narrative. All my characters are yeah. secret detectives. Oh my murdered. gosh! Oh. I had no, yeah. Cut that out. Cut Spoiler. That out. <laughs> oh. um, we have this. We're basically doing the same show. We yeah. are the same person. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really loud. There's a street cleaner going through. <laughs> we are. We're in a studio. Professional studio. Yeah. We're we're of course joking, but it's funny. Like there there is another lady here doing a one woman murder mystery. They're actually a couple. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of them is technically like a clowning show, which is amazing. Uh, Buck Kapinski, um, which oh, no one yeah. will be able to see because <laughs> this is over. But if you ever hear of Buck Kapinski in your town, you should go see her because her show is amazing. I'm sure these shows will play again. Yeah. 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 Dreams don't die. Yeah. People yeah. play their shows again. Yeah, What's I'm doing my but, show, and Bet Kapinski is her Kapinski. is her name. Yeah, and you're doing your show again in, in Dublin. Yeah, yeah, and then hopefully in London, and maybe I'll bring it back to New York. Yeah, it's only five hours from five hours flight from Ireland. Yeah, That's yeah, it's pretty inexpensive. So 
Yeah. Yeah, I would like to play in the UK again. It was really fun. Yeah, how did you find playing in the UK versus uh, Brooklyn? Uh, different. Yeah. But oh. not really. <laughs> I think more with the audiences here are slightly more diverse just because it's a fringe festival. So yeah. you're getting people from all over and right. not necessarily all from UK, but um, and the depending on the audience number you might have a cross section of like like one show I played for only I think female identified another show was like literally like 15 guys like oh, no women show. Yeah, it's and my show references yeah. women a lot I took supposed to give a woman a baby and like so I had mm-hmm. to kind of rewrite depending on the audience yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but I yeah I like playing for UK I feel like people here generally maybe it's, it's a mark of my comedy but the laughter isn't as audible <laughs> <laughs> That's New York. Uh, I'm just laughing because that would be a hilarious thing. I saw your show yesterday. It was very funny, but that would be a really funny thing to just put on an entire culture of people. I know. It's terrible. I think the funny thing about them is that they just don't laugh very much. They're smiling. Because <laughs> um, I've seen funny. people who are like, I've done a show and I'm like, oh, I'm getting the laughs where I usually get the laughs, but they're not rolling. I don't right. get a roll. And then I, after the show, they're like, that was so lovely. We loved it. And I was yeah. like, you did? I think I think it's also, it's also just like the nature of this festival because people come to this festival and they see like five shows in a day and they can be enjoying something but like by the time your show is on at 7.15 they're tired and they're they're like enjoying it but they just don't have I've experienced that where I'm like but because I'm a performer like I like make myself laugh even if I'm like exhausted yes because I'm like oh that's funny but then I'm like I'm so tired you like yeah. think to laugh and then you don't but I know like how much it means yeah, when someone's yeah. on stage and you hear that like ah yeah and so. how much it means when somebody is just like plain facing you yes yeah because you you try not to focus on the one stone faced person or the oh, two and or I three always do you I'm do I'm always like if that happens I'm like I will make you laugh sir it will happen I have an yeah. audience participation or like interaction bit in my show like you do and like last couple of shows not last couple but like, a few shows ago there was a guy in the audience who was clearly not liking the show like everyone else around him was like laughing and having a great time and he was like truly not liking it not having it not having it did you get him well i like inter- tried to interact with him Ooh, there's a bee uh-oh go away oh. no the bee is way. on you the bee is on me and i was caught in my tights oh, oh. oh no don't mess with him <laughs> Nothing gets okay. Cut. All right, just going all edited. Uh, no editing. I, I was. I thought I was being so cool by letting the bee like crawl in my tights, and then he freaked out and was gonna sting me. We're just uh. two sweet ladies at the fringe. <laughs> and it would have been so crazy if I would have just been stung, like just willingly, just sat here while a bee just, and I just stung me. I just, I just watched it. I just watched it happen. Uh. <sighs> anyway, Anywho. so this um, is our podcast. Yeah, this is our <laughs> podcast. Um, uh, what does your fiance think of the show? So in your show, and are you still fianced? We are still fianced. Cool, fianced. You know, she loves the show. I mean, uh, yeah. Do you, do you want to give like a brief yeah. summary of Sorry, show? I'm so tired. Let me pop it no, up. No, you don't have to. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Mindy Raff. My show is called Keeping My Kidneys. <laughs> and um, it's not about cancer. And it's not about kidneys, which I, we're talking <laughs> right. about changing the title. Um, <laughs> no, my, yeah, the show is... Um, 
this show is a stand-up storytelling narrative uh, that centers around the my non-monogamous relationship with my fiance and me coming out to it to my dead mother but it's funny <laughs> and my fiance it's in it's a lot about our relationship and how that kind of affected my outlook on sex and relationships and dating and we're polyamorous and my fiance has seen it I think she's seen it 15 times whoa she's seen Did almost she every show feedback? she's yes she's gotten yeah. more bold with her feedback what kind of feedback does she give you like she saw it in New York, so it's been running in New York since I think it opened the day after the election. Uh, okay. Woohoo! Yeah. It's supposed to be this big feminist celebration, and then yeah, yeah, not so much. Right, but everyone yeah. loved it. But it was just people were crying, and anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've been running it, yeah, for the past eight or nine months, and she came to the fringe for a week to see it, and the third time she saw it at fringe, she was like, "You've lost some swagger. Like you need <laughs> to like pump up your confidence." Because mm. I think I wasn't owning the material here. Right. Because it yeah. was like a new space and yeah. just a different, I wasn't, yeah, it was just a new space and I was like figuring out my fringe feet. Yeah. And I think I didn't, I was trying to like bring the audience to me mm. t- too hard. I wasn't like letting the material just come to them. Right. So I think right, I right. didn't come out with like that confidence like this is my show yeah this is what it is I was kind of like I hope you guys like it which is just not the way you have can do comedy Mm. and I knew something was off and since then and my director said the same thing was just like own the material that you like you came here with this show like you have to do this show like even if some jokes you have you're rewriting jokes as you go because they might be too New York centric or they might not get it right or whatever it is that's not landing here because not everything's gonna land in a new space yeah um just own that and that was actually really helpful. But she's been pretty good. Sometimes she's like, I do her accent on stage terribly. And <laughs> after the show, people are like, are you Antonia? And she's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is me. That's funny. Uh, so she was out here for a bit. Yeah. How she, did she find it? Ah, uh, She liked it a lot. It was, we, she was here the second week I was here and I was just did not know what I was doing. So yeah, I feel like if she was here the last week, I would have been like, here's what we do. And like, here's right, our right, schedule. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, we had fun. We like did some, we climbed Arthur's seat and we went nice. out a couple of nights and I made her flyer for me as a good fiance does. <laughs> nice. She's like, what do you want to do today? I'm like, you're going to hand out these flyers <laughs> and tell people to come see my show. But she had fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It'd be nice for her to come. I think. Uh, longer mm. a week seems so short yeah but and also so long just and, within the context of the festival yeah I feel like she was here like eight years ago I don't yeah when she yeah. was here it feels like a different lifetime festival my, my partner was here for the first week and it feels like I haven't seen him and it was so long like I don't remember is it the bee again the bee is back <laughs> motherfucker it's gone <laughs> We're really we're being overrun by bees. I'm not usually so afraid of bees. I don't was, see bees. But bee- it was that sting, the sting thing. Yeah. Oy, oy, oy. Oh, um, I've definitely been a broken record on my podcast in the last few weeks. Just like, guys, this is so crazy. It is so crazy <laughs> being here. You don't even know how intense it is. <laughs> um, it is a weird experience, though. It's like you're on this little island, mm. of like metaphorically or whatever, but. It's like it's all fringe all the time, twenty four seven, four thousand shows. You're doing your show every single day, twenty six times. That's all people are doing. That's all people are talking about. Yeah, your life outside of the fringe, like you can't really do much of that. Yeah, and you yeah. feel like you feel like time doesn't really exist. There's no Saturdays. There's no Sundays. Every day's a show day. Yeah, 
so it is like a weird I mean boohoo our lives are so hard we're performing know, in Scotland we're like an entitled thing boo. to get to do no it yeah. is an entitled thing but it's okay to admit like we're doing what we love It's an, it, but it's still hard in a, on a micro level yeah to do it it's a yeah. lot <sighs> but it's fun I'm having fun yeah yeah no I'm having a good time I'm also very ready to go home but I'm having a good time I have three more shows as yeah. do you you have three more shows yeah, are you Monday, going through Monday I am I Me don't want to I have two reviewers coming on Monday I just found out which That's is like great. what <laughs> it's great but it's like and it's like hilarious like the Irish Post is reviewing my show which is a publication for Irish people in Scotland and uh-huh. the uh, the Scottish Catholic is coming to review my show I'm neither I mean which is great but the Scottish I, I'm, Catholic the Scottish Catholic I'm not Catholic I do live in Ireland I think that maybe that's why they're coming because all my stuff is like American comedian living in Ireland uh huh um and yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's all. It's all fine. But like, I'm slightly annoyed because, only because I was like, oh, on my last show, I want to be, I want to like wild out. I mean, I could still wild out, but yeah, no, do you do whatever? Do it's the it's the Scottish Catholic. You just go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the Scottish Catholic. Uh, I don't think they're coming to see mine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they always want like Jews and polyamory for the Scottish Catholic. Yeah, like, that's what we want. I feel like, well, in Ireland at least, it seems like there's there's a lot of affection back and forth between the Jews and the Catholics. Yeah, the the, sh- the shame connection is what I've been told. Oh, I feel yeah. weird speaking to that. No, I'm I've neither only, Jewish nor Catholic. I've but. only dated Catholics, so I feel like we just connect on a shame level. I'm in food and shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. carbs and shame. Carbs um, and shame. Did you? So. Sorry, I'm letting awesome. you lead like it's your podcast. No, it's, it's your equipment, so I'm like, I'm just going to be, but I'm like, I could be like, so let's chat about monogamy. But. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I'm curious. I don't think I've had anyone, I think I've probably, no, I have had people on the podcast who are polyamorous, but I've never had anyone on my podcast talk about being polyamorous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a new topic for me to talk about a lot. mm because I just don't don't feel like it's anybody's business, right? But I think is your po- but your podcast is about polyamory, right? I just started it at the oh, fringe, though. Okay. Yeah, well, do it, do it now. Um, no, <laughs> I want to talk it, about it. No, it's been fun. I think doing the show for me was the first time I kind of came out about being poly mm. outside of like just some friends and. But I realized I had to just because my partner has a girlfriend and right. people were starting to like see her around with her. Right. And it felt weird that they didn't know because everyone yeah. thought she was cheating. Yeah. Who yeah, saw yeah. her? It wasn't right. like hundreds of people, but it still felt like there was something. Uh, it felt something felt like shameful about that. Right. That I right, didn't. Right. So I felt like I needed. I don't know. I feel like as comics, I talk about my life on stage a lot. So when mm-hmm. there's something I can't. When there's something I'm not completely open about, I feel like my writing just goes to pot yeah because there's something closed off about it so I started to do the show about it and then that once I did the show so many times and it makes talking about it with anyone just so much easier even at a bar when I'm chatting with Mm. someone and I'm like here's the deal and I can just like say it like it's no big deal yeah it's nobody's business but at the same time it's nothing I'm ashamed about so it's been fun talking about it and doing the podcast also was like I just started a podcast at Fringe called Polly in a Pint where I was like, I just want to talk to performers about monogamy, polyamory, and jealousy mm. was a huge subject just yeah, because yeah, I yeah. think ego is so huge for performers mm. and we get jealous all the time and I think we carry that over to our personal lives. I think that's everyone, though. Everyone, yeah. 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 But I feel like with performers specifically, mm. we're in an environment that's not structured as far as like right. what success means. Right, so we right, tend yeah, to get slightly... Fair. 
not desperate, but stereotypically like grasping for success. Needy. Mm -hmm. And neediness can get insecure and then insecure makes people jealous. Right. And if you're Um, getting validation from your relationship, how does that work in in an open relationship? Yeah, yeah. I think... uh, How does it work in... in, You said something in your show yesterday. I'm not in a polyamorous relationship, but like one of my good friends is like, there's, there's this whole... I'm very, I've been talking a lot about polyamory because of something that my friend is going through, going through right now. Uh-huh. And um, you said something in your show, which I thought was just really great advice for any relationship. Ooh. Um, yeah. You, you said you were like, you were like running down. There's a point in your show where you're talking about telling your friends that you're like coming out as polyamorous. Yeah. And you're running, running down what that, what that means. I can't remember if it's actually at this part or not, but you said something about um, like, yeah, like we'll, we will get jealous and that's okay and we'll talk about it and then it's like f- fine, oh. which I think I've thought of before, but I think like most people when they think of polyamory or, or even just being in a relationship, um, just like the idea of like, oh, oh no, but what if I get jealous? And it's like, well, what if? Like, that's a yeah. normal, that's a normal response. You're going to get jealous in a monogamous relationship. Yeah. You're and you see your I mean, partner yeah. looking at someone and, or you're yeah. going to get insecure. Yeah. I think like the big, something I've been thinking about a lot lately is, is how unhealthy it is to, um, keep up the the myth within your relationship that like once you fall in love with somebody that you're never attracted to anyone else ever yeah and th- and that's not to say that like as someone in a monogamous relationship like i mean when i say that i don't mean like, it doesn't mean you want to act on it. It doesn't mean you're thinking about leaving the person. But as a human being who has a libido, yeah, your, your whole like body doesn't just like shut down. And we're not like computers. We don't just like plug into one system and then we're yeah, unable yeah. to like connect. We have connections with people all the time. And you can just be intrigued by someone's brain. You can like want to cuddle with someone. You can find someone attractive but not want to act on it. But I think repressing that and not sharing it with your partner, can you can feel ashamed about that. And, the, and I think you can... I think it's dangerous in that, like, because it is, it is just truly mostly, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are people who are like, oh no, I, I am never attracted to anyone else. I never connect with anyone else. But I, but I actually think that's impossible if you are interacting with people. If you're but open maybe to you it. can just like not interact, but that's a, the danger is like, if you, if you are so committed to not feeling that ever, yeah. then you can really, really close yourself off in an unhealthy way and then if ever you see your partner just chatting to somebody you'll if resent the lie it is, yeah and you'll be like but you but like I close uh, myself off yeah why can't do you, you think she's pretty off? like why would you think you're she's she's pretty like and it's not a reflection on you we think we're taught that we're replaceable that we fill someone's hole mm. in a specific way yeah and that you form these partnerships and that we've filled someone and that's it like yeah. two puzzle pieces and yeah. that is I totally believe in soulmates I don't believe in only one soulmate mm. but I do believe like you can fill in someone's gap beautifully but it doesn't mean like it's, I think it's sorry I'm tired I think it's <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard to expect one person 
to make you happy for all these different really compartments of your life. really unfair. Like, you might want to snowboard, yeah. you might want to have anal sex, you might want to do this, and that other person yeah. might like to read or not want to read books. So who are you going to talk right. about books with? Like, we have different friends yeah. for different things, so right. just add in the sex or maybe add in some love, and yeah. it's all gravy if you're communicating. Right. Well, and, and of course, <laughs> they're like different. <laughs> they're, yeah, speaking of communication, I mean, like, polyamorous relationships are defined by, you know, setting boundaries and yeah. all of those things. People think it's all sex parties, which sex parties are fun it's not my thing but like it's great but it's mostly like talking and talking and how do you yeah. feel and what's this mean and I'm jealous you're jealous that's okay I still love you yada yada yeah yeah I mean I, I haven't gone I haven't gone down this path ever in a relationship but I feel like the, th- the, 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 the aspect of a polyamorous relationship that's really um, that I have a lot of questions about is the like the romantic the romantic aspect of it like you mm-hmm. said that your your fiance has a girlfriend yeah and my my question lately especially because my friend's been going through this thing and I, we've been talking about it a lot and it's yeah. like what makes your primary partner your primary partner then that's such a good question well I think all relationships are there's so much language involved but the partnership picks their own language so we don't really mm-hmm. use primaries and secondary we okay. more like anarchist language right so but you're engaged so, so I would call inherent? her like my nesting partner okay which I know <laughs> it sounds like we're like like unconscious uncoupling like I'm just literally going to the palace <laughs> like steaming my vagina right now no but nesting partner is cute but, but you, it's like, literal because we are living live together, together right? and we are getting married but yeah. it doesn't necessarily why, mean that so I'm more getting married um because we want to get married to each other. Like, yeah. yeah. No, sorry. No, I mean... Um, but well, what Does that does yeah, marriage why, make it more primary? Yeah, yeah. Or like why... Why get married? Yeah, no, not why get married. Um, uh, I think ma- people get married for all different reasons. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I don't... I, like, I don't care if someone gets married so they can buy a boat. Like, it doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> We're buying a yacht. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, when... No, no, I just, I just mean the primary partner thing so we don't use the word primary right. I used to when we first started dating because I had ego issues and yeah. insecurity and I was like it doesn't getting married make you but it's possible to get married to someone and they're still not your you so don't getting, say primary getting married right. just means we be married but right. it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm more important because okay. we're married okay okay in 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 our in our worlds right just because I don't think it's fair if she's dating someone else and she's dating me and I'm dating someone else to think that one person is more important sure yeah because I know it's like that concept of like this is my in like elementary school like this is my best friend this is my best friend forever and like right. we have the best friend necklaces and there's always like that third person who's like yeah 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 but what makes the two best friends went to, or what, when did you decide that you want to decide that you wanted to get married um God, we, I think we talked about getting married like when we first started dating, but mm. um, we got engaged like a little over a year ago. Yeah. Uh, and she had her girlfriend at the time. But it was kind of like, I never was like, oh, she's going to marry this other person. It was like we were always nesting and always getting married. Right. But she always had another girlfriend. So it's not like this girlfriend was going to be her wife, but it was still an important person in her life. And the right. love for her was still just as important. Mm. So it wasn't like I had veto power. I take yeah. precedence. Yeah. It was just I'm probably in her life in more of a logistical and time, space, bandwidth way right, than this right, other right. person. Yeah. So, yeah, she probably doesn't see her as much. And they don't live together. And their finances aren't combined. And they're not getting married. Yeah. But the love that she has for this person doesn't necessarily mean she has less room in her heart for her. Mm. Okay. Which sounds really hokey. But it's kind no. of a way not to like feel 
I'm trying not to say like as much. It's really hard for me. That's why I take these long, like, pauses. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, taking away primary, secondary for me was kind of life-changing because then I realized, well, who am I to think I'm more important than anyone ever in any social construct so the marriage the marriage part is purely logistical it's not I mean it's not logistical as far as like what marriage means just in terms of marriage meaning that that person there's more love for me than this other person oh so marriage marriage doesn't necessarily mean there's more love for someone than another person we just happen to be getting married and we happen to be living together and we're partners and we'll be hopefully partners for the rest of our lives or as long right. as we're married and that's Whereas all maybe lovely. With, the, with her other relationship, they wouldn't be together for the rest of their lives. Maybe they would. I don't know, but they're not right. getting married because you can only marry one person. And right, So right, I right. guess that makes me slightly so primary. Mar- you, but you two are getting married. But they went to the Spain logistics. together and went on vacation. I didn't go into Spain with them. So right. it's like, but that's I don't do everything. But like getting well, married. I mean, marriage, it's like legally... Yeah, it is different, but everything, all the things you do with people are different. I know I'm laboring the point, but it does, it does seem like the person that you marry would be your primary partner, even if you weren't saying that. Yes. Is there I, something to be said? I think, you go, look up relationship anarchy. Okay. And even though I think some relationship anarchists will be getting married, some of them don't believe in marriage specifically because they're anarchists, but I think the anarchy comes from just assigning labels of importance. Okay. So, so it's relationship anarchy. So just taking like out the social construct of what love what, and right. It's just taking out the social construct of what these labels mean in terms of the amount of love you have for someone and the importance mm-hmm. you have for someone. Okay. And I think we're taught when you decide to marry someone, it means that they're the person that you only have this kind of love for. Mm. Uh, and I think, and this is something I'm learning. I'm not sure I still, it's my thing, but I think it's healthier to think yeah. this way when you're poly and so I agree with it but I'm not necessarily executing it all the time every day right 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 but I do think yeah like this is my wife or this is my husband but it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone else is just like goes to pot or they're less important sure is there is there something to be said for like I am not in a polyamorous relationship again I don't know I keep on repeating that but um, I, if I heard myself by the way if I listen if I listen to this podcast or whatever and heard myself say this like 10 years ago or 8 years ago I'd be like this person is delusional <laughs> I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's delusional at all I just like I, I would not I, agree with myself I'd be like you're crazy you're well, crazy I don't I don't I don't feel that way I'm just I, I was self-reflecting <laughs> <laughs> um, I like as as somebody who's not in a um in an uh who, who who I don't think by definition is a relationship anarchist maybe I don't know though like my boyfriend and I are constantly like redefining what our relationship is mm-hmm. um but uh I I would think like oh you're getting married I'm in a polyamorous relationship. Oh, cool. Like there is some stability there. Like it's, it's like, this is, this is really crass, but it's like, oh, well that, it'll be harder for that person to leave. Like there's that that way in my heart. Sometimes I'm like, if I feel slightly more secure because we're getting married or we live together. Yeah. The same way that I might feel secure if we were monogamous. Right. But truly like, 
when it comes down to it, the monogamy isn't security. Marriage yeah. isn't sec- There's yeah. no security except for like constant communication totally. and growing yeah. together. Yeah. So knowing I that, that, I feel like the marriage is just another thing. It's like mm-hmm. us going, not just us going to brunch, but it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't mean that the love is going to stay, that we're going to grow together. That's stuff you have to work on. Yeah. Regardless of the paperwork and regardless of the legal binding. Mm. But the social construct of marriage is something we, we've decided to enter into. Yeah. But it's not necessary to make our relationship primary. Sure, sure, sure. If, I don't know if sense. I explained that well. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. That, yeah. No, I think I think it's such a good point that like... But it's a learned like thing. When people, yeah, of course. Like when, well, when people stick their nose up at... Um, people opening up their relationship the argument is always like oh like well but then how do you know that that person's not going to leave and how do you blah 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 but it's like well you don't know that yeah. no one's gonna, <laughs> not going to leave anyway look at the divorce rate yeah like that's not what keeps people together like we you know we're human beings we don't it makes you feel secure yeah until yeah until it doesn't until there's like some like betrayal and the i mean in a monogamous relationship yeah. yeah, I think relationships in general, I always say this, are hard. Re- people are just complicated and any relationship is really hard. Yeah. I don't care. Like, yeah, we're poly right now, but I have nothing against monog- monog- I was monogamous with my boyfriend for seven years. I could be monogamous again. I could be mm-hmm. poly in the future. I don't know. Life is really long and fluid. But right. I will say it's like about figuring out this specific relationship with this person Mm. making sure you're both consensual and you both want the same thing or if you don't why and negotiating and just making sure you're trying to make each other like B plus happy like most of the time and then maybe A plus happy some of the time (laughs) well and like whether or not your relationship is polyamorous like that's such a good there are many lessons to be taken from being polyamorous just like the communication like what like because two different people coming together with their own histories and wants and needs like and baggage like it creates a new conversation and a new like merger every single time that has different like bringing other people into that yeah 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 it's uh what is your relationship with your fiance's girlfriend uh, oh, so that, yeah, my metamor. So that would be like my lover's lover. Oh, my metamor. Like, there's so many words. That's a great word. It's such a great word. My metamor. <gasps> I love that. Honestly, if you don't know anything about polyamory, it's worth my reading metamor. like more than two or the ethical slut or going to the Reddit and just the, or going to kimchi cuddles comics about polyamory. The words are so great and it, yeah. I think it helps you in any relationship. What are some other good ones? Um, um, polycule. polycule. <laughs> There's so many words. It's like you could really make fun of it, but it's uh, lovely. You should call your show Metamore. Ooh. <laughs> and they just said it in Italy. Metamore. They're like, Metamore. Is your show about Italian kidneys? I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, um, my uh, relationship with my fiance, with my Metamore, um, it's good. It's really healthy. We're not mm-hmm. like BFFs. We're not best friends, but right. it's more of a bandwidth situation like yeah yeah I just don't I would like to know her better I think she might want to know me better I think I'm more kitchen table poly which is another term oh what does that mean um just like everyone knows each other it's like sitting around the kitchen table like you're in okay. each other's business and you're all friends um right 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 uh I learned all this from as, as the wonderful to, like, back alley polyamory <laughs> as opposed to like don't ask don't tell oh oh okay okay but uh yeah. no she's lovely and uh She's probably more don't ask, don't tell, and I'm more kitchen table. Okay. So I think Is she we, in another relationship? We found. Um, I don't know, actually. Mm. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. 
Uh, right, right, right. She's not in my life in that way, so I, her business isn't really my. We're, yeah, privacy is so sacred. So right, she's yeah. not my partner, and I, we're not right. good friends. So yeah, I don't really know much about her personal life just because it's not my business. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. You said bandwidth. But she makes my like, partner really happy. That's good. Like I stole how, that from Effie Blue, who's a relationship coach. Um, I about say bandwidth. All and she used bandwidth all the time, and I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Well, the, the, I've been saying the word. I've said the word bandwidth a thousand times the last week as I've been talking to my my friend through this situation where she would be the metamore uh-huh. <laughs> and talking about bandwidth like how do you because that that would be like when I when I think when I think about if I was to fantasize about being in a polyamorous relationship my <laughs> everybody's fantasy <laughs> my my worry would be that I would because I love love and I love dating and I love hanging out I love falling in love I love all those things and in my early 20s my entire life was about all of those things and I wasn't um, I wasn't in a polyamorous relationship but I just like dated and fell in love so much and so hard over and over and over again and when I think about like like oh if I if I was to if me and my partner would, were to open up our relationship where we were like romantically polyamorous with mm-hmm. other people I feel like I would just be a I I would have a really hard time not letting that consume all of my moments take over your life basically yeah and I don't mean like in a sex party way I mean in a like oh I've met this new exciting person and like how does that work and then also just with bandwidth for your own schedule for yeah well and just bull bandwidth for your partner like you only have it's weird you'd so think like much. you'd walk around and be like I can fuck everyone I can fall in love with everyone and yeah I have I have the I'm able to do that and not it's not yeah. a cheating and shame but like I don't have time like I don't have time to hardly like no, make sure. new friends let alone do I mean, that but I'm it is lovely I'm thinking about my early 20s where I made time like yeah, I like sacrificed my other things I'm trying to make time to do that now right because um, I want to I mean to. in a negative way I made time but it sounds like you oh. have better priorities than I would in yeah. my early 20s well yeah no I can see how I I've gone down that road where I'm like I, I can date I should just want to focus on that and mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you're allowed to do something and you can do it in a healthy way, yeah. go for it. But it, I wasn't doing that healthy in my 20s either. I'd like obsess about things and yeah, yeah, yeah. I was obsessed with new relationship energy and like the idea yeah. of like when something yeah. is new, it's better. Right. Which it's well, not just better, like the exciting thing of seeing someone's butt for the first time, like yeah, and how like, like funny that is. Yeah. <laughs> or like seeing the way that someone comes for the first time, like oh my god, that's how you come. Oh my god, like I I have seen something that your family will never see. Like that's amazing. Like I've I'm never obsessed made with all someone come. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, what is it like? like? What, what are they, do they smile? <laughs> um, do no, they smile? Do they smile? <laughs> That'd be funny if like when people orgasm. I mean, I guess it's. Some I guess that would be cry. Normal. Yeah, but just like if someone just like really really aggressively was like oh my god, smiling. You'd be like, stop it, stop it. <laughs> Can you like stop, yeah, stop. creepy smiling when I don't you come? Like it. Um, you know, I do think the great thing. Oh, I, I will be. Yeah, one of my favorite things has been about being polyamorous for me is when I was in my twenties or younger. I didn't have a lot of confidence. I didn't know what I wanted. I wasn't mm-hmm. good chatting with people, and I feel like I didn't take advantage of like that aspect. I was introverted, right, right. and now that I'm like in my thirties, I um, I feel like I'm. Not that I don't give a shit, but right. I'm enjoying myself more. Yeah. And now yeah. I'm actually able to date. And I'm able to yeah. date with a partner's support, mm. which seems so weird. 
but I'm having the best time trying to meet people. It's a kind yeah. of a shit show because I'm like, by the way, I'm engaged, but I'm available, and we should date. And you have to find someone who you click with, who you're attracted to, who's also down with Polly, which the statistics are like pretty low. Yeah, is that is is that difficult? I think so because yeah. it's a lot of um, a lot of checks that need to go off mm-hmm. before you can even like start yeah. something. They let's, have to be yeah. and they have to respect to mention, your like, relationship. The people that you are actually interested in. Out yeah, of all I the have to be I'm interested like, in them. They have to be interested in me back. Then yeah. they have to not only be down with Polly, but they have to respect the relationship and not yeah. want me to go out of it. Right. And not yeah. try. So there's a lot. Have of, you encountered that at all? Yeah, I've encountered people who are like, oh, you're just only Polly because you're like trying to, she's trying to get out of the relationship where you are and they're hoping we'll break yeah, up and that's yeah. terrible energy. Of course, yeah. Or people who are like, you guys are weird or, you know, you'll flirt with someone and it's a lot of like trying to convince people it's normal and then that's bad energy. Then nothing like dries up your katoot, like trying to convince someone you're not weird. Right. So yeah. I found, but then also lovely people, like just even just flirting with people and knowing that I don't feel ashamed about flirting. Yeah. Being with someone and it's such good energy. There's nothing like yeah. a good, a good shame, like no shame flirt. No shame flirt. To like better than coffee. Do you, <laughs> are you, are you a big casual sex person? No. no. Oh. I mean, yes, everyone <laughs> Your listening. body language. No, no. And you I like literally. leaned down like a little mouse. I literally, <laughs> I literally scrunched into a ball covering my vagina from the world. <laughs> I wish, not that I wish I was. I think I'm just too in my head. I think I'm a little mm. demisexual. I'd like to know someone a lot. What does I like, demisexual mean? I don't think I'm super like literally demisexual. Demisexual would be where you're more attracted to people's personality over their physical like you you get turned on more by intimacy than just like somebody's like I'd say I think that's me wouldn't that be like most women yeah if I was to just gender (laughs) throw out a huge uh, generalization maybe Demi totally would be like maybe it would take you like years or I don't know it's different for every person I'm not like it doesn't take me years to be attracted to someone but I definitely Mm. need to form either needs to be a time frame that needs to go by or I need to feel like I know them intimately in yeah. some way before I want to like do anything. Right, right, I don't right. think I could just see somebody and be like, yes, and just make out. It wouldn't yeah. do anything for me. Yeah. What do, I, you th- what do you think that is? I don't know. It seems like a really nice thing that your body has done to protect itself, whereas I've thrown myself in a lot of dangerous situations. It might be fear-based, like growing up thinking about like AIDS crisis and babies and right, yeah. pregnancy and all the stuff that I was taught. Or it could just be like I'm slightly introverted and I am turned on by knowing details. <laughs> like a detective where I'm like and yeah. what was the size shoe of your mother oh, right. that's so interesting and your favorite color is uh, is cobalt blue fuck yeah. me that's really funny I do like a nice I do like a nice detailed history before I can Ooh, spread the legs oh my god your, your, your porn that you read is so voluminous it's just like giant tomes I just want to read your diary and then I'm just wet oh uh, I do love reading diaries not not like my partner's diaries no I, that's I collect bad. dead people's diaries which I think I need to stop because I think it's like maybe I'm so sad I have to go soon because should we just do a part two because I feel like we just started Erin I know we just we just started we gotta run see a show yeah 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 no we'll do we'll do a we'll do a part two should we because I feel like we're getting let's just remember dead people's diaries yeah okay we'll start at dead people's diaries continue (laughs) (laughs) took us away to warm up yeah 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 Um, Cool. cool yay Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Mindy Raff. You can find her on Twitter. Uh, Her last name is spelled R-A-F. So that's at Mindy Raff on Twitter. And uh, keep 
keep your ears peeled for her new show. I know I'm really excited to hear her talk about polyamory with different artists and comedians. I know she recorded a bunch of episodes at the Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, and yeah, if you're in Ireland, uh, get ticks for my shows, please. That would be great. Um, And if you would like to support the podcast and also get some extra content, I could really use your support um, financially. If you can't do that, that's absolutely fine. But um, I do have a Patreon where you can subscribe for $5 a month, just $5 and get an extra episode every week. And it's all like fun, different episodes from the regular episodes, uh, including... Um, a movie podcast with my boyfriend that I really like. Anyway, uh, that's all, guys. Um, be brave, be kind. Megath Attack! Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the camaraderie of the other bikers, a band of brothers always there for you, rain or shine, to the amazing savings you get with Geico on your motorcycle insurance and accessories coverage all year round. But for Bucky Hornhill, it was one reason in particular. It was my helmet hair. I was born with helmet hair. I've tried to cut it a bunch of times, even buzzing it, but it immediately just goes back to helmet hair. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.